And welcome to the one wrestling podcast that knows what you want to hear right now are two people discussing a Lucha Libre match from October 2022. Yes, it's Let Me Tell You Something and it's the Meltzer 5 Star Project. I'm your co-host Lorcan Mullen and with you is your other regular Let Me Tell You Something co-host. Simon Cross. What are we talking about today? We're talking about a match taking place in Triplia between... Al Hijo del Viking, Vikingo, or Vikingo, can never remember the exact pronunciation, and Laredo Kid, who I b- believe have both featured in our list previously, maybe even as a tag team. Vikingo's been here before plenty of times, and yes, you're right, I think he was, he was in that one against the Lucha Bros, I think it was, but you wouldn't think from watching this match that these guys were best of buddies. No. First things first. I'm just going to come out and say it. Why Why does Triple R set up like it's an indie show in a school hall? Well, this is what I was going to say. This is my note. This show looked like a cross between 1996 ECW and the Butlins show. <laughs> yes. And it was wrestled somewhat between those two styles as well. Lots of kids, lots of violence. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's maybe been a TV special or something that this was. Yeah, and it was the final of a tournament. There was some sort of belt on the line. Yeah, some rainbow strap belts. Because Vikingo's Triple R Mega Heavyweight title wasn't on the line. Maybe at a later date, this has earned Laredo a title shot. Yeah, because, spoiler alert, it is Laredo who wins, isn't it? <laughs> and it's Laredo takes the bulk of the moves in this match as well. What's so odd is that Laredo is aggressive throughout, pretty much, in control through the majority of the match. And even does things like cracks a bottle over Vikingo's head. Yeah, which thankfully was sugar glass because it breaks slightly early. (laughs) Yeah. But it seems like it was meant to be a face versus face match because Laredo was like high-fiving fans all over the place. (laughs) And at the end of the match, they shake hands and Vikingo, you know, raises the guy, hey, look, this guy, fair and square, beat me, and I can't do anything about that. He hit a bottle over your, your head. He hit a what's over my head? I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's all the water under the bridge. I'm like, well, there's still glass in your face. Like, are you sure about this? Vikingo was just having a rough time of it in general. He manages to bust his own mouth open doing one of his few moves in the early stages of the match. He does like a shooting star press off of the apron. And you can tell that he sort of lands face first. And his mouth's bleeding afterwards. Uh, it's one of those weird situations, I think, with him. Where we've talked about his like abilities and stuff before. And we've been I've been wowed at the Lucha Bros match. I was very impressed with like his Lucha ability. Uh, do you think he's a man I don't want to make sure I get the language right here. Do you think he's outgrown Mexican wrestling in a sense? No, no. I mean, it's hard to get a grasp of how huge Mexican wrestling is, really. They do seem to sell out huge arenas all the time. But they also do always seem to be as keen to take the American dollar as quickly as possible. 
Yeah. But then they can go back and forth, you know? There's, I think one of the key things you got to look at when you look at Mexican wrestling is there are shows on all the bloody time. These guys can wrestle every day. And multiple shows as well. Well, in fact, they had, because I'm looking at Cage Match primarily to get the name of um, the tournament final. So this was the sh- for this was the show center tournament final final sorry, and on the same day, El Hijo del Vikingo was in the semi final, which was a freeway match where he defeated Puma King and Taurus. So he's already wrestled a freeway match before. So was Laredo. It's like a one night tournament, yeah. I suppose. It's like, and there was also a women's tournament going on on the same show. So it was like a one night event. Oh, yes. So Laredo Kid in that, sorry, in that semi-final, he defeated Toscano and Villiano 5, Junior. So is that technically Villiano 6? Well, no, because there's a because there's a Villiano 3, Junior, as well. So he's at least Villiano 7. Or is he Villiano? Rocky 5 plus Rocky 2 equals Rocky 7, Adrian's Revenge. Yeah. But then if it's like, but what if Villiano 5 Jr. was born before Villiano 3 Jr.? Um, is Villiano 3.5? Is that Villiano 3 Jr.? Do you know what? They always, I always wondered, when will I ever use algebra? And now I know. If it was for Mexican wrestling. <laughs> for, film, film copyright dates for Roman numerals. And Mexican wrestling for algebra. There we are, we're covered. And who is covered for the three count in this match, as we've said, is Vikingo. And Vikingo seemed to tone down a lot of his high flying this time. We didn't see the trademark being on the outside on the second rope and then leaping over the ropes and sort of hurdling out. He does his topes and all that sort of stuff. But it's relatively tame. And it's also noticeable it's a four-sided ring instead of the six-sided ring, which is what we're used to when we're usually catching triple mania matches which means we've only got four turnbuckles to talk about but mm. we'll persevere well 12 if you no if you well i suppose yes yes you you are right it is very pared down for a vikingo match so as he is mega champion as well and we alluded to this earlier it, it's very surprising how little offense he does get in now we haven't watched the semi-finals maybe it was a one night angle where he got battered a lot more in the semi, and Laredo didn't. I don't know. We don't have the context, the storyline context for that. This is another one of those ones, though, where I watch and I do kind of wonder where you get five stars from. Yeah. I was entertained, and especially towards the end, they really started pulling out some impressive stuff and doing some really good bites on near falls. But there was like a... There was a screwed-up reverse Rana, Simon. Oh, I immediately (laughs) thought of you when I saw it. That's the goal. I want to be the first thing people think of when they see a reverse Rana now. <laughs> but yeah. Just no, like how when, if any of those failed table spot, people start going, I am the table. <laughs> I want every time someone either does or fails to do a reverse Rana for people in the crowd to start yell out, a reverse Rana. That sort of got mainstream appeal because both KSI and Logan Paul have said, I am the exactly. table. Although apparently Logan Paul didn't understand what he was saying. Uh, he was facing Roman Reigns who was the head of the table so it, there's a song chance he didn't mean to reference it. But he did say it. But what someone did mean to do was Laredo meant to give Vikingo some real nasty 
hits throughout at all. It's like how we've got to get over certain stereotypes. Like, we need to get over the notion that the Japanese crowds are always quiet. Obviously, they have been for this clap crowd period. But the idea that they're always silent and sitting on their hands, and that's obviously, you just need to watch any All Japan or New Japan main events of times to see that that's not the case. Similarly, we need to look past the idea of Lucha Libre just being about guys flying all around the place, doing topes and the like. That Mexican wrestling has as much a tradition of mat wrestling submission holds, which obviously we saw in the classic Villano versus Atlantis match that was... The original, original Villano. Villano 3. The original Villano 3, Simon. Oh, sorry. My algebraic formula is all over the shop. (laughs) What, you mean your ability to count one or three? Shut up! (laughs) Do you not know what algebra is, Simon? I I do, but when you start adding halves and juniors that are older than other juniors. That's true, actually. There is no algebra in there. There is no X equals or Y or whatever. It's just basic numbers, but in Roman numeral form. I was just trying to dress it up. Is that where it's called algebra? Because it came from the Algiers. Maybe. Because obviously it was the Muslim era, you know, it was like Arabia and all that that gave us modern maths. Well, gave us modern numbers as well. Mm. I prefer postmodern numbers. <laughs> Wait till we get to our surrealist phase of numbers. <laughs> Cubist. Well, we. I guess we've already had cubist numbers. <laughs> the reason we're going off track so much with this match is, like, like you said earlier, uh, Lork, and we can't really see where five stars comes from. There's not a lot of meat to it. I gave it four stars. There's some cool stuff. I, there was one moment that genuinely made me jump, and that was when they were fighting on the top rope. And usually, when that happens, one goes down, and the other one hits a move or whatever. But instead, Laredo came up with quite an inventive idea of just body slamming him onto the apron. That was a gnarly spot. I didn't <laughs> like that a lot. It was a great fusion of two of the sort of cliched spots in wrestling. The fighting for the move on the top rope and someone taking a bump on the apron and it being pointed out that's the hardest part of the ring. Yeah. They fused the two together into something different. It's quite clever. I did like the referee using the microphone to clarify um, the two Yeah, cameras. The ref's very... Very animated ref. Again, that was one of those things that was kind of like a Butlin's pantomime, almost. And also, the other great cliche of the Mexican referee is still pretty much true. This was a portly gentleman that was taking a a sweet second or two to get to his knees for a count. Yeah. But yeah, he's so showing up and play. Again, that was sort of the Butlin's entertainment camp side to it, where they're like... He, even he interacts with the crowd. Like, at one point, he seems to say to people in the front row, like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> and also, again, another part of the sort of Butlin's show. As we thought, is everyone hearing this at the Triple Mania shows? The the commentators can be heard by the crowd, and therefore also by the wrestlers as well, by that logic. Yeah, it's a weird setup. Again, it's one of those things where you just don't understand the language of this world of wrestling and, and every aspect to it so there's a distancing element to it as well it's like and, and one of the things i always used to compare mexican wrestling to when i watch it is like watching indian cinema specifically you know the bollywood and there's also other aspects of there's tollywood and and, and etc and i actually did watch for the first time one of those types of films recently is a tollywood oh, okay tamil it was the rrr film that's been getting all the uh attention and the praise mostly 
fully deserved. Even got the Golden Globe for Best Original Song. I'm guessing it's going to get the Oscar as well. So, it's three hours, so it's a tough go, but I would suggest giving it a go. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. It's it's the best Zack Snyder film ever made. The problem is Zack Snyder didn't make it. So <laughs> Brilliant. And Zack Snyder's never done a dance musical number. Has he? I don't think he has. Not to my knowledge. No. But yeah, this is a, it's a very entertaining match. It's very short as well for a Mount of Five Star one. It only goes 18 minutes, 49 seconds. And it's just kind of a show for en- to entertain the crowd. And, and it does that fully. Again, that's the thing with Mexican crowds. They always seem to be sort of at a, a pitch of interest that like never wavers, it seems. <laughs> that they're a constant, a consistent sound. You know, I always said the crowd is kind of like the way that crowds act in, in movies about wrestling or crowds in computer games. Yeah. <laughs> wrestling. Like, they they act equally fervently for someone being body slammed off the top rope onto the apron as they do a, a, bod, a body slam on the mat in the ring. It's weird because it can't be that grand a tournament because the reason I'm drawing this conclusion is I've just took, because you mentioned short for a Meltzer five-star match, I've just had a look at the time coding for uh, the women's version uh, held on the same night. The women's final lasted 7 minutes 42 seconds. Well, like I said, maybe this was because it seemed like it was a TV show. So maybe there was like a, you know, it was only able to go two hours or something, so they had to cram everything in. Uh, Like a Saturday night main event kind of thing. Yeah, potentially. Okay, yeah, could be, could be. I I really just did make a, a... uh, notes about moves for the most part and that's always been the common criticism of lucha libre that it's just moves being strung together but i actually did feel a sense of a struggle and an urgency in a fight and vikingo doing great underdog babyface selling throughout it all mm, it was a very visceral match yeah you got the sense that vikingo was getting battered around the place and he was kind of showing the bruises and scars throughout it all as it went on but I just was kind of confused that Laredo still seeming to be a babyface as well. But I guess kind of the thing you get a lot of the time, though, with Mexican wrestling. Again, it follows like a different... Although they've always had the Rudo Technico traditions as well. But, you know, he was doing all the Rudo things, but also shaking hands and also high-fiving fans. So I wonder what else there is that we're missing, maybe. Because like I say, they were a tag team. Are they now feuding team members? And was this like the blow-off match? I can't imagine it was. I don't think it is the blow-off match. I think this is a I'm trying to step out your shadow kind of thing. But the, like the way he wrestled the match, he he very much has stepped out the guy's shadow. But then you, but maybe you could do it of oh well, this wasn't for the big belt. So if you're going to come like if you beat Okada, that's one thing. But then if you beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, that's a whole other thing. Maybe it's like you've beaten me, but just not for the big belt. Yeah, maybe this will be the Triple Mania main event coming forward. And Which one? There's like a Triple Mania every three months. I don't really understand. Well, if that was what makes you money, that's fine. Someone made a joke about basically half the wrestlers in Mexico. Yeah, I think I'll be a clown as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it works, it works. Mm, Get that mm. paper, you know. What did you think? Is, so you one of the things you made a note of when you actually texted me during it, I think you were text saying... I don't know about you, but if a guy smashes a bottle over my head in order to win a match, I don't shake their hands afterwards. But your thing was about the stage setup, and it was weird. to give people an, uh, to explain how it is. There was like an entrance ramp. You know how you, you have it with like AEW and old WCW and some old ECWs where the ramp 
is in line with with the ring. So you you literally go from the from the entrance ramp into the ring. You don't have to go up the steps or anything. But what was different was that the stage was set up. That there was fans on that level as well. So there were fans seeing the wrestling ring at an eye level on one side, but then the other three sides were all down at the you know outside of the ring level. I kind of enjoyed it. I think I'd be fascinated to watch a wrestling match from that angle. From that, yeah, I suppose it, 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 it was a different aesthetic. It's just weird having fans on eye level in the hard cam like that, where it's flat. I mean, you get eye level, but because they're in the stand, it, it's different. It sort of blurs. And also with the constantly flashing, changing screen in front of them, giving all the ads as well. The... Yeah. A lot of motor oil adverts, if, if I, yeah. if I uh, remember correctly. And there were some fun spots from there. Laredo did at least a couple of moves off of the stage onto Vikingo on the floor, sort of the lower stage, you know, the usual outside of the ring area. Yeah. It was just a fun show. And, and I was just, like I said, the dynamic of it was so different. And I did enjoy it. And it felt like a fight as well. It didn't feel yeah. like a, an exhibition of moves, which is the common criticism of Lucha. Like, it felt like there was a struggle, that, that they were hurting each other, and they genuinely really wanted to win the match. Yeah. <laughs> by hook or by crook. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. I, I enjoyed the match, but five-star? Not for me, Clive. <laughs> what would it be for you? Like I said, I've gone four. I guess four, maybe like three and three quarters, between three and a half and four. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. It just didn't grab my attention. There was a big botch with the with the Rana. Yeah, that too, that too. But Vikingo did some, it was weird, like Vikingo did a 6.30 cent on, but even then I'm like, well, this is less spectacular Vikingo. <laughs> <laughs> He's reining it in a bit for this one. Yeah. Maybe if we get to see the blow off of this story... If there is a blow-off to this story, we are inferring a lot. Maybe that'll go higher, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's... Maybe they didn't expect the level of kids in the crowd. No, they would have known. They don't... I don't think they care about that stuff. I think, you know, that, that doesn't come into the thought process. I mean, the bottle must have been prepared. That's true. But there were great forearm and strike exchanges, mm. I have to say, as well. Again, like, um, another one of those examples of how... Wrestling has become more universal now. Yeah, that that sort of those sort of strikes that you used to only see in Japan are now being done in Mexico, and dives that you used to only see in Mexico are now being done all over the world. <laughs> yeah, and Excalibur's saying them in Spanish on at least three or four occasions every every show he's on. Yep. And also, to be fair, actually, I was just thinking about this. Vikingo does rip at Laredo's mask at one point, so maybe that's why he was like, "Yeah, I'll." To be fair, that the bottle was, was justifiable. Yeah, like, I, I did try and take strip your, you know, traditional heritage identity away from you. So, glassing's fair enough. Yeah. But I think we've given this match a thorough dissection without necessarily glassing it over the head. Hey. Maybe glassing Meltzer's rating system over the head is something that needs to be done. And maybe we've got a match coming up that might do that. <sighs> yes. But it's probably not the next one, necessarily. Simon, what are we doing? Because we've got four of these bad boys coming along. We're aware, as we've said, some crazy shit is going down. And if it gets even crazier, then we might put in a, a bonus episode. To borrow a phrase from Brexit, Cast, we might hit the emergency klaxon button. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge, Simon, when it has been blown up. 
and we need to stop and figure out where the hell we go from here. Yeah. But what are we talking about next week in the Melts Five Star Project series? So a match which sort of in terms of craziness tries to give the same energy as what's going on in the real world, but what's going on in the real world can't really be matched by anything else. But nonetheless, we're about to witness some carnage as it's FTR versus Briscoe's free double dog collar match. It's about to get bloody and violent. But until then, if you need to get in touch with Simon to give more recommendations of bloody violence, how can they do so? They can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of times I felt strongly compelled to buy motor oil whilst watching this match. My name's Lorcan Mullen, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A-N, as in announcers, can be heard by everyone. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, letterbox, if put at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. LMTYspod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. But there's nothing left to say at this point, except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something, and I hope you have a five-star time. Until the next time. in Laredo I met the girl that I love Stars over Laredo Twinkled up above We kissed in the starlight Promising ever to care Stop.